Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Old Testament book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Milan and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. When they had lived there about 10 years, both Milan and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then... She started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard, she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud. They said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters, why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's your choices that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. 
If you've read the Harry Potter books or read them to your kids or grandkids, then you may know that line. It's a good one, and uh, I believe it's true. In the second scripture lesson from the book of Ruth, Ruth chose love. And that choice reveals so much about her. It also brings light and hope to the book. So powerful is her choice that it brings light and hope to us today, despite all the tragedy in there. Ruth is a sad book, and the tragedy starts with the very first line. In the days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land. Desperate to survive, a man of Bethlehem went to live in the country of Moab. He took with him his wife Naomi and their two sons. Then the man died. The sons married Moabite women, uh, women named Orpah and Ruth. When they had lived there about 10 years, the, the sons died. Having buried her husband, now her sons, Naomi decided to go back home out of Moab into Judah. Assuming that her daughters-in-law would want to stay in their homeland of Moab to find new husbands, she kissed them goodbye. Orpah returned the kiss, but Ruth clung to her. That's the choice. Ruth chose love over self-preservation. Not everyone always does that. One of the saddest books that you can read is Night by Elie Wiesel. It's an account of his personal experience in a concentration camp, and the scene that I will always remember is the scene where his father dies. Uh, together, the two of them were running to escape, but his father, weaker and slower, was holding Ellie back. When his father finally fell, unable to go on, Ellie found within himself not tears or sadness, but... In the recesses of my weakened conscience, could I have searched it, I might have found something like free at last. The impulse towards self-preservation, relief at death, is inside us all. The desire to leave someone behind so that we can move on ahead is always lurking in our minds. Sometimes we give in to it. Sometimes we even desire keeping someone down or pushing them down so that we ourselves can get ahead. Elie Wiesel said that the greatest cruelty that the Nazis inflicted upon him was that they revealed to him this selfishness within himself. He, he looked in the mirror and found that he was relieved that his father died. This is what gives evil its power. And it is inside us all. Yet in Lesser and greater ways, the impulse towards selfless love is also inside of us. So, today we look to Ruth and stand in awe and wonder at a woman who could have left her mother-in-law behind but chose instead to cling to her. Inspired by her devotion, very often a couple will ask me to read what Ruth says to Naomi at their wedding. 
Did not press me to leave you or turn back from following you. Where I go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well if even death parts me from you. If you can... Look in the Bible, you'll see that there are exclamation points in this passage. The Bible almost never uses exclamation points, but there they are to make Ruth's point in this moment of of tragedy. Tragedy upon tragedy, Ruth says to Naomi, I choose you. Have you ever made a choice like that? Almost 19 years ago, I looked Sarah in the eyes and I said, in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, as long as we both shall live, I choose you. And it's our choices that show what we truly are. Should we choose to love, we can change the world. We defy the power of evil. But that desire to love is always at odds with the desire to survive. And so, Ruth Bell Graham, who was married to the great evangelist Billy Graham, was once asked if she ever considered divorce. Divorce never, she said. However, I often considered murder. (laughs) She didn't do it, but she considered it because the desire to leave is inside us all. And sometimes leaving is the the right thing. I can think of plenty of good reasons to get divorced. If I really searched my mind, I could even think of a a couple good reasons to commit murder. But the choice to love must be behind all our choices. If it isn't, we may live, but we will live to regret our decisions. It's hard to choose love, however, because the desire to love is always at odds with our other impulses. Ruth surely felt a series of other emotions in addition to love when she chose to stay with Naomi. In addition to love, I imagine she also felt regret, wondering to herself, can I I really leave my homeland? Or maybe she felt also remorse, asking herself, what will my mother say? Or anxiety, is there really food in Bethlehem? And on top of that, any of you who have made a long trip with your mother-in-law know that these emotions course through her only to be followed by something like annoyance when she asked herself, why does my mother-in-law have to stop to use the bathroom so often? For like a lot of things, emotions move through you. Anger, desire, fear, shame, even a crisis will move through you. On the other hand, the choices that we make during a crisis will outlast even this pandemic. So choose wisely. Choose based on love. How many... Overcome by setback, have chosen permanent solutions to temporary problems. 
How many out of momentary frustration have done long-lasting damage? How many felt anger and did irreparable harm? It's not our emotions that define us or even that last all that long. No, it is our choices. And there are beautiful choices, selfless choices, sacrificial choices that echo throughout history. Just as Ruth chose Naomi, Martin Luther chose to stand for the truth. On this day in 1517, nailing his 95 theses to the church door in Wittenberg, Germany, Martin Luther made a choice that echoes through history. These 95 revolutionary opinions, most of them complaints against the Pope, started the Protestant Reformation, which resulted in the formation of the Presbyterian Church. This choice of his brought with it suffering. He had to debate, dispatch theologians from Rome. Refusing to recant his views, he was excommunicated by the Pope and was labeled a heretic. What's more is that at the time, the punishment for heresy was being burned at the stake. And so Luther had to run for his life. All said the price he paid for choosing to make public his conviction that in Christ Jesus we have freedom and grace was to live in hiding in Warburg Castle under another name. However, when ordered to recant, he responded, I cannot and will not recant anything. For it is dangerous and a threat to salvation to act against one's conscience. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Amen. For having made his choice, he was willing to die for it. Having made her choice, Ruth was willing to die as well, saying... Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. That's some choice. It's a choice like that which can make all the difference in the world, even in a world of chaos and despair. I mentioned the Holocaust before. Yesterday I watched a movie with our daughter Lily. It's called Life is Beautiful. Maybe you've seen it. It's the story of a well-born Italian woman who falls in love with a Jewish man. As anti-Semitism grows and grows, her husband and young son are arrested and loaded into a train car. Before the train leaves the station, this woman goes to the Nazi officer in charge and declares there has been a mistake. Looking at his logbook and seeing the woman's husband and son on his list, he responds, No, ma'am, your husband is a Jew. Your son is half Jewish. They belong on that train. You, on the other hand, are Italian, and you should go on home. No, there's been a mistake, she says. 
If my husband and my son are on that train, I should be on it with them. That's a choice. And that choice reveals so much about her. It's the choice to love, even if loving requires you to suffer. It's the choice to act based on your faith and not on your fear. It's the choice to stand on your convictions rather than on your passing emotions. That was Ruth's choice, and it is a choice that changed history. That's true. Just as Martin Luther's choice to stand on his conviction started the Great Reformation, just as this wife chose to suffer with her family rather than save herself is the kind of thing that defies even the uh, evil of Nazi Germany, Ruth and Naomi go back to Bethlehem where Ruth marries again. She and Boaz have children. Ruth's children have children. Eventually, Ruth becomes the great-grandmother of King David, the greatest of Israel's kings. More than that, her choice leads us to the genealogy at the first chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, where Ruth is listed as one in the line of the great Redeemer King, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is how Ruth's choice changed the world. But what about his choice? In our first scripture lesson from the book of Hebrews, we read, not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood. With his own blood, we are sanctified. For when Christ had the choice between abandoning us and saving himself, when Christ had the choice between standing on his convictions or giving in to fear, when he had the choice between leaving us and living or staying with us and dying, he chose death. With such a sacrifice, having made a choice, he says to you and me, just as Ruth said to Naomi, even death will not part you from me. How do you respond when someone makes a choice like that? How do you respond when someone chooses you? I tell you this, he has committed to us. How will you commit to him? May we choose him just as he chose us, saying, Where you lead, I will follow. Your people, no matter who they are, where they come from, or how they look, will be my people. For as you have died for me, even death will not part me from you. Thanks be to God. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia. Or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.